the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt, verse 42. It was the night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So this same night is the night of watching kept to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout their generation. Father, I'm asking you tonight, God, I need your presence. I need you to speak to your people. I'm asking for an anointing. God, a grace up on my words. Uh, I pray, minister to your people in Jesus' name. God's people say, Amen. Amen. So look at the day of deliverance tonight. Leading up to our text, Israel has been in slavery to Egypt for 430 years. Now think about that. America's been around for about 300 years. So we can kind of get our mind around that 430 years of being slaves to another nation. And so this, uh, that's all they know. That's, so slavery is their life. They're not, nobody's rising up. There's no entrepreneurs there. Nobody uh, got their own business, anything. They're all slaves. Their grandparents, their parents, them, their children. Uh, that's all they know. 430 years this. Egypt, like the world, at first it didn't seem that bad. You know, uh, Israel's history in Egypt started with Joseph. You know the story, Joseph's brother, uh, brothers were mad at him. Uh, some slave traders uh, came by. They sold uh, Joseph to uh, the slave traders. Joseph, for 17 years of his life, he's a young man, probably 17 when he went for the next 17 years, a uh, slave in Israel at a young age. Although Joseph was a good man, we know he's lied about, he's put in prison, but in prison, Joseph interprets Pharaoh's head baker and head cupbearer's dreams. So uh, he's in prison. Uh, these other men are there. They have a dream. He interprets their dream. And they both came to pass. And so later, Pharaoh has a dream. Pharaoh is the leader of Egypt. He has a dream. None of Pharaoh's men can interpret that dream. The cupbearer told Pharaoh that, hey, when I was in prison, Joseph, a young Jewish guy, uh, interpreted our dreams, and both of them came to pass. And Pharaoh calls Joseph. Let's pick up that story in Genesis 41. We'll start at verse 25. Got a chance to flip to that. Genesis 41, start at verse 25. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one of the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one of the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up after are seven years, and also the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind, uh, they are seven years of famine. It is, it is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming upon the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will for, be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will be uh, not remembered because the famine that follows will be so severe. Verse 32. The reason the dreams uh, were given to Pharaoh in two forms is that matter that God will firmly decide what to do, or, or he is going to do it soon. Verse 33. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man to put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners 
over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these years that are coming uh, and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh uh, to keep the city or for food. Uh, the food should be held in reserves for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt uh, so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. Verse 37, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials. So Pharaoh said, can we find anyone like this man on whom the Spirit of God is. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerned and wise as you. Uh, you shall be in charge of my palace. All my people uh, will be submit to your, submitted to your authority. Only in respect to my throne will I be greater than you. Joseph, uh, or verse 41, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and uh, put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in a robe and fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he then uh, and had him ride in the chariot as a second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without uh, your word, no one will lift up a foot in all Egypt. I know that was a lot, but there's a lot that needs to be said there. So we're talking about the history here. I wanted to give that history because it's going to mean something. You know, so, so at first, living in Egypt was great. Think about this. Joseph is a top dog now. Uh, he's uh, went there as a slave. He's been in prison, but because of the grace of God, he is now out. He's a second in command of the whole nation. I mean, nobody can say anything, do anything without his approval. So life in Egypt was good at first. Joseph, even uh, Joseph's father, Jacob, and his brothers and families even moved from Canaan uh, to Egypt to live with Joseph. Uh, they had the best of the land. The Bible said the land of Goshen. It was a uh, land for cattle and, and grazing. He gave them that land. Uh, but in time, the Bible said a leader arose that did not know Joseph. And this is where it starts. Uh, so everything was good for a while, but a leader rises up, don't know him, don't know the history. And the Bible said that they made slaves out of all uh, the Israelites. And for 430 years, uh, we, where we pick it up in our text, they're, they're slaves here. So they had a good beginning, but now they're slaves. But this is a picture of the world. At first, it's good, it's fun, it's exciting, but listen, in time. If you've lived any time in the world at all, you know uh, it's not all that it offers. Uh, sin is not fun and pleasurable in the long run. It may have its moments, but listen, it's bondage and slavery in time. So this is a picture of the world that we're getting here. Egypt represents the world. Matter of fact, Pharaoh represents Satan and the demonic. Uh, so as much as the world may pretend to like you, they don't. You know, as much as they may give you praise because they're getting something out of you, Genesis 43, although, uh, although Joseph is the top uh, in command, uh, he has this big dinner for all of his brothers, but we see the true heart of the Egyptians, verse 32. So all the Egyptians who ate with him set by themselves because the, Egyptian, the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews, for that is a detestable to the Egyptians. 
So uh, here's Joseph again. He's second in command. Uh, I mean, he's a great man, but he's still detestable uh, to the uh, Egyptians. So, uh, uh, you know, the world may, uh, you know, give you some accolades at times, but listen, the, the, the Bible said the devil's the ruler of this, of this land. Uh, so they're never going to like the Christian. Matthew 10, Jesus said, uh, you will be hated by everyone because of me, uh, but the one who, who stands firm to the end shall be saved. So Jesus said in the last days, there's going to be a, a movement against Christianity where, uh, uh, I mean, there's going to be a blatant assault against Christianity. We can see it today, how Christian values are being assaulted uh, I mean, all these laws that are being passed, I mentioned it last service, uh, prayer, Bible reading, kicked out of school, abortion being legal, all these, uh, all these Christian values are being pushed out of society. So after 430 long years of hard slavery, Israel cries out to God, and God is going to bring them out of Egypt, Exodus 3. God speaks to Moses at a burning bush on the backside of the desert and says to him, go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. We know that Moses goes back, gets his brother Aaron, they go back together. And God began to plague Israel with ten plagues. We pick this up in Exodus 7. The first plague was the Nile River turning to blood. You know the story. Uh, Pharaoh, let my people go. God, Moses stand there, tells Pharaoh that I will not let him go. He strikes the, the Nile River uh, with his uh, staff. It all turns to blood. He, he's hard-hearted again. After that was the frogs, the lice, the flies, the livestock that were killed. After that, the boils, the hailstones, the locusts, darkness, and all these plagues are coming up on uh, Egypt to, uh, uh, I mean, to break Pharaoh so Pharaoh will release the children of Israel. We know at last it was the firstborn of all uh, the sons and cattle. And we know what's that when uh, once that one came, Israel, I mean, Pharaoh finally breaks and go, go serve God. But the truth about deliverance is that you have to want it. People can't make you be delivered. Think about that. For 430 years, they're living under slavery. Uh, but after that, they cried out to God. They finally wanted it. Uh, the burden was too heavy. The slavery was too much. They cry out to God. Uh, God hears them. Uh, I don't know why it took 430 years, but I, I'm still amazed in church uh, why it takes so long sometimes for folks to get to the point where they're going to cry out to God and they're desperate for a change, uh, desperate for deliverance. Why they wait so long, I don't know. Israel, 430 years in slavery, Exodus 12, 37. The Israelites left Egypt. There were about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children, also large herds of livestock, both flock and herds. So to be delivered, you're the one that has to change. And maybe that's why it took Israel so long, because we hate change. Uh, we like what we're doing many times. We, we like how we've been doing it. But listen, uh, if we're going to be delivered, there's change on our part. Let's look at Exodus 12. We start verse 1. It said, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month will be uh, for the first month and the first month of the year. 
Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb uh, for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their neighbor or their nearest neighbor. Having taken into account the number of people that are, having taken into account the number of people that are there, uh, you are to determine the amount the lamb needed in accordance to uh, what each person will eat. Verse 5. The animal uh, you choose must be a one-year-old male without defect. Uh, You may uh, take them from the sheep or the goats, take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it over the side of the door, the top and the door frames of the houses where they eat the lamb. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs, bread made without yeast. Do not eat meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire uh, with the head, uh, leg, and, and uh, internal organs. Do not leave any of it until the morning. If, if some is left until morning, burn it. Verse 11. This is how you are to eat with your cloak tucked uh, in your belt, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. Eat in haste is the Lord's Passover. On, uh, on that same night, uh, it will be Passover, passed through Egypt and strike down uh, every firstborn, both people and animal. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord, verse 13. The Lord will be a sign, or the blood will be a sign to you on the, on, who, on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague uh, will touch you when I strike Egypt. That's a lot too, but they need to be read. God is going to deliver them. But I want to show you their part here. Because many times we want God to do everything. God, I'm going to get in a prayer line. God, take it all out of me. That would be nice. I, I agree. That would be great if we could just get in a prayer line and God just delivers easy like that. But there's something that, on our part here. Look at their part in this deliverance. One, uh, they had to sacrifice a lamb uh, on the 14th day of the month. Everyone will kill their lamb, uh, take some of the blood, put it over the doorpost and front door, of their house, that was one. So if they want a deliverance, they're going to have to kill a lamb, uh, uh, take it, a sacrifice, take it out of their pen, kill that lamb on the 14th day, follow the instructions, uh, 14th day, everybody's going to do it once at twilight, and we're going to put blood on the, on the, the posts and the sides. Two, you have to eat in a certain fashion. Eat with, a bitter, with, eat with bitter herbs, uh, bread without yeast, uh, and whatever's left, burn it up. Three, uh, eat fully dressed and ready to leave at once. Eat in haste. That's a lot. But if they're going to get delivered, they're going to have to do that. And you and I, if we're going to be delivered, there's things that we have to do uh, as believers here. So look, secondly, keeping our deliverance. It all goes together here, keeping our deliverance. To keep your deliverance, there has to be some active commitment on our part to God. Again, God will deliver, God will set free, but to keep it, uh, there's going to have to be an active commitment on our part to God. Exodus 13, 11. After the Lord brings you into the land of the, the Canaanites, 
and gives it to you as he promised an oath to you and to your ancestors. Verse 12. You are to give over the uh, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of the livestock belongs to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break his neck. Redeem every firstborn among the sons. Uh, in days to come, when your sons ask you, what does this mean? Say to him, uh, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons, verse 16. And it will be uh, a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with a mighty hand. So every firstborn male of livestock and lamb, donkey, and every firstborn son is the Lord's. This is not God demanding too much. What this is, this is keeping them actively involved in the will of God. As the days go by, as the weeks, the months, the years go by, uh, you're actively involved here. Every firstborn, uh, uh, you're going to offer that to God. If it's a son, uh, you're not going to kill the son. You redeem it with a lamb. And uh, this is uh, keeps them. That keeps God involved in their life. Every time a new herd comes in, every time a new uh, a sheep comes in, that firstborn male, that's set aside to God. So it's, it's God involved in their life always. So it's not God demanding too much. It's God keeping himself uh, involved in their life. Not only that, this gives them opportunity as time uh, comes, uh, as they have children, as the children will see them uh, sacrificing these firstborns, making an offering to God. What are you doing? God said, it will give you an opportunity to tell your sons and daughters, uh, this is why I'm doing it. God delivered us from Egypt. Uh, God broke the hand uh, of Pharaoh, and God delivered us, set us free. So it gave them uh, an understanding uh, of what God was doing. And also, as time went on further, allowed the children now to be involved. So it's not God demanding too much. It's God keeping them involved uh, Actively involved as time goes on, they're going to be involved in what God's doing. Their children are going to be involved. The story goes on and on. You follow me? In verse 16, it will be a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought you out of Egypt which, uh, with his mighty hand. Or in other words, it's going to be so impactful. So when the children look at you, it's going to be like a symbol on your forehead, a sign on your hand. Uh, they're going to see God all over you here. Because you're so involved in what God's doing as these sheep are being born, as these other things are, I mean, you're constantly involved in God. Now, this sheds a little light on why it's so important to be actively involved in the things of God here in church. Our involvement keeps our deliverance. Let me say it again. Their involvement there kept their deliverance. As they did what God told them to do, they were committed to that. Uh, it kept their deliverance. Uh, so as we're actively involved in the things of God today, uh, it works the same way. It keeps our deliverance, uh, gives us opportunities. Time goes on to tell our children. Uh, many times my children 
as we're growing up, uh, because I was involved, uh, I was able to explain to him to him. I was able to explain that this is why I'm serving God. This is why we're living for God. I was able to explain things to them. And at a time, they allowed them to get involved in the things of God. You know, the Bible doesn't say, <clears throat> use our imagination here. I'll bet there were some that day when God said, go eat your lamb, hold it to the 14th, you're all going to sacrifice together, put blood on the, the door, you're going to eat a certain way, uh, you know, bake your bread without yeast, you're going to eat bitter herbs. Uh, I'll bet there were some that day said, I ain't going to do it. Come on. Let's use our brains here. Uh, I bet there were some that day said, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go all the trouble. The Bible says they had to eat fully dressed, uh, sandals on staff in their hand. You're not going to be able to sit in your pajamas and eat this meal. And I, I'll bet you there were some that said, you know, I'm not going to all that trouble. I don't care what God says. I'm not going to, that's my best lamb. I'm not, I'm not sacrificing it. I eat my pajamas. I'm not doing it. You know, the reason I believe the people did that back then, because they still do it. God says, do this. They don't do it. Come on. That's why people still come to church after years uh, bound by anger, bitter. They won't tithe, even though they've heard a million times. Uh, they're unclean. Uh, why is that? Because they're not doing what God said to do. And listen, if you don't do what God says to do, you won't have a deliverance. The reason people don't want because deliverance costs. Costs them sacrifice, obedience, and staying with it. That's keeping your deliverance though. Listen, if you're going to stay delivered, we have to do this God's way. Ephesians 4.22, put off the old man or the old self, which is being, or which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. Verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your mind to put on the new self, created uh, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's not optionable. That's, that's not flipping a coin. Well, yes, if, uh, if it falls on heads, no, if it falls on tails. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, uh, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been, become new. See, Christianity is living for God, or, or Christianity is living for God is a lifestyle, not an event. It's not just an every once in a while thing. It's a, it's a daily thing. We live for God every day, not just when I come to church, put on the tie, put a smile on, but every day, all the time. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, this is an ongoing thing. I'm crucified daily. Uh, daily he's involved in the things of God. Daily he's doing the will of God. Uh, and that's, a, that's an assured deliverance there. Let me ask you, what about you? Are you all in? Or are you a Christian all the time? Are you faithful, committed, and involved? Because, listen, your involvement determines much. Listen, if they wasn't involved back then, uh, I don't want to do that anymore. Well, uh, that, that was the agreement. You do this, and I'll be your God. I'll cover you. But if you don't do this, uh, uh, the covenant's broke. 
You know, Matthew 7, Jesus tells us that we can't have it both ways. Verse 13, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. You know, I like the narrow road because it's God's road. It's a road of righteousness, holiness, and safety. It's a road full of signs, wonders, and miracles. It's a road full of uh, other believers that are obedient to God. Uh, it's a road with uh, prayer and God's favor. I like that road. That's the road every Christian is on. The wide road is a picture of Egypt of old in the world. It's full of unrighteousness, unbelief, and resisting God. I don't want anything to do with that road. But listen, you can't have both. You know, the question, are you delivered and are you committed to your delivery? Not just have you stood in a prayer line and somebody prayed, but are you involved in what God's doing now? Are you committed to the will of God? Because that's going to keep your deliverance. Look, lastly, God's testimony here. The Bible said God watches over the delivered. Look at our text, chapter 12, verse 40 of Exodus. The time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt were 430 years. And at the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was the night of watching by the Lord to bring, out, uh, to bring them out from the land of Egypt. God's watching here. Isn't that good news? I mean, the thing that God watches us, I mean, just that, that's a wonderful thing that God would watch us. God doesn't just watch over us, though, but God leads us. The Bible said he led them through the wilderness. Uh, he didn't only lead them, he gave them a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night as evidence of his presence. How many know God still does that? He wants us to know that he's with us, uh, and he does things to show us that his presence is here. God's fully committed to his people. Listen, if we keep a right heart, we will see God's working in our life. You know, even though we're delivered out of Egypt, this world, there's still, there's still going to be some time of struggle. Time where Satan uh, will come in and try to cause us to doubt God. But listen, times of struggle are also times of to stand tall. Look at Exodus 15, 22. So then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea. Uh, they went from the, uh, to, into the wilderness of uh, Desert Shur. Three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of it because it was bitter. That is why it's called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? That Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed them a piece, or showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There, the Lord issued a a, uh, a ruling and instructions to them, and put them to the test. He said, "If you will listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pray, if you pay attention to His commands." And keep all of his degrees, I will not bring on you all the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, the God who heals you, verse 27. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs, of, 12 springs and 70 palm trees, where they camped near 
the water. So challenges can be a time where we show God we trust him. Challenges can be a time tonight where renewed commitment. It was there God tested him. God said, listen, if you will uh, obey my command, if you'll keep my decrees. In other words, uh, in these times of testing, if you stand tall, I'm going to trust God, do the will of God. God said then, if we do right in times of challenge, God will bring you to Elam. So I like right here. Elam's a time of refreshing and plenty. How many likes that? They go to Mar first, the time of testing. Uh, but after that, God said, listen, you do the will of God, be faithful. I'm bringing you to Elam, uh, 12 wells. That's a well for each tribe, 70 palm trees, plenty of, of shade uh, uh, for refreshing here. God's testimony to his people over time has always been that a faithfulness commitment there's not one of us here that can say God hasn't been faithful to me. God is always faithful to us. You know, Israel has to walk through the wilderness for a while. But then they uh, crossed the Jordan and entered the promised land, Canaan. You know, we have to walk through the world for some time. But then it's the promised land. Did you hear that? We may have to walk through the world for some time, uh, uh, what Peter say, we're, we're pilgrims. Uh, uh, not, we're just walking through this time. We're strangers. Uh, our pilgrimage is in heaven. We're just passing through here. Jesus in John 14 said it this way, uh, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's, in my father's house has many rooms. If, there, if it were not so, would I not told you? But I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you uh, to be with me. Uh, uh, you will be with me there, verse 4. Uh, amen. So uh, God said, listen, so in this time that we're passing through, Jesus is there preparing a place for you and I. So the next time you go through a difficult time uh, and you're challenged to stay involved, stay in the will of God, uh, think about what's, what's next. Sometimes I think about that first look. I mean, that first look right when you get to heaven. I mean, you see Jesus, God, the key to God. I mean, it's going to last a lifetime. It's going to last forever. While he's gone preparing a place for us, we must stay focused and involved in doing his will. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, One day, in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpets will sound, we will be taken up. The dead will be raised in, in a, a perishable, and we will be changed. Paul said there's going to be a day the reward's going to be here. Listen, the 12 wells, the 70 palm trees, uh, we're going to get there one day. Second Peter 3, uh, uh, Peter says concerning Jesus coming, uh, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The only reason Jesus hadn't come back yet is because he wants us to make it. He wants you and I to make it. He wants our neighbors to make it. Uh, the only reason he hasn't uh, had Gabriel blow them trumpets yet is because he wants to see you in heaven. Let me close this up. The day of deliverance. 
Uh, I remember when I got delivered, I, was, I, was, I, was, I drank all the time before I got saved. Drank, smoked, did all kinds of crazy stuff, immoral. But I remember the day I got prayed for, I felt God delivered me. God set me free. But then I had to commit to it. After that, man, I, I just dove in. I got involved, and I stayed involved. I'm still involved today. That keeps that deliverance. And I know one day, man, uh, 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 I'm, I'm going to be in heaven. I ain't given, I ain't given, I ain't letting loose of heaven. Let me put it that way. All the, I've went this far. I'm not letting loose now. I mean, I tell people, son, you've went so far. Why give it up now? Why quit now? Why get crazy now? You know, why? why hey, stay involved. So hang on. Because one day, the twinkle of night is going to happen. And listen, I want to be by them 12 wells. I want to be by them 70 palms. I don't know what it's all going to look like, but I want to be there. Right? I want you to be there. Let's bow our heads tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God's so 